0: All right, today's episode might be a little bit of tough love. Uh, so in the copywriting world, we have this thing called the A-list, right? And it's not actually a list and nobody actually has this and everybody has their own version of who's supposed to be on it. And I'm not claiming that I'm an a lister or on the A-list or anything like that, right? But I will say that not everybody can be an A-list copywriter. Not everybody can be an A-list copywriter. So I want to use that as the jumping off point for our discussion today. You you can't necessarily become an A-list copywriter, but you can absolutely do this. First, what does it mean? Um, So becoming an A-lister, it's like, That that short list of well-known copywriters who clients are willing to hire and interested in hiring and will pay top dollar for, and there's basically an unlimited demand for their copywriting services, and there's massive upside earning potential because all the best marketers in the world want to hire A-listers, and there's some level of like recognition and reward that often comes with it you know speaking at copywriting events and and being recognized being a, a celebrity inside this little industry that we have and all of that and you know all of this is is potentially great for you if you end up becoming an A Lister and at the same time A-list copywriters are rare kind of by definition. This is like the best of the best, right? And the best of the best is always going to be rare. If there's a a U-curve distribution, or I'm sorry, it's a bell curve because it's up instead of down. But if there's a bell curve distribution, most people are gonna kind of be in the middle and then there's gonna be fewer people at the edges. There's gonna be uh, fewer people who are exceptionally bad and fewer people who are exceptionally good. And there's gonna be, a lot of people who are fairly average, right? Um, and and it probably follows a, a distribution something like is described by the 80-20 principle or the 80-20 rule. And that is, you know, 20% of the copywriters are responsible for 80% of the results, and so that's gonna be the the top 20% of the curve. But even among those, uh, if you If you've read Perry Marshall's book, 80-20 Sales and Marketing, it talks about 80-20 being something that can be exponential, meaning in that top 20%, there's another top 20% of that, which is 4%, right, that is responsible for 80% of 80% of results. And even in that top 20% of the top 20%, there's another top 20%, which is 0.8%, a little less than one in 100, that are really, really, really good. And then even among that, like you can do 80 20 to the fourth and you get something like 016 percent, which would be one out of every six hundred twenty five at any particular skill. We're using copywriting right now, but, you know, one out of every six hundred twenty five are like the best of the best of the best. Right. And it doesn't have to be these exact ratios. But the point is that that person. Is one out of six twenty five? Well, there's six hundred twenty four other people who are not at that level of talent and recognition, and so on. And it is an absolutely exceptional thing to be an A list copywriter. And at the same time, like I don't know that you have to be right. Um, I don't know that you have to be. It's it's honestly hard to develop the the type of skills and talent and reputation and all of that that contributes to becoming that type of person who would be considered an A-list copywriter. First off, I don't know that everyone has the talent and natural ability. Talent is separated from skill here. Talent being, okay, I have a an, some kind of inborn talent with words, some kind of inborn talent with writing, some kind of inborn talent with communication, some kind of inborn talent with uh, persuasion, some kind of inborn talent with being able to, to just get people on my side, right? And just whatever that natural ability is that's developed through some mix of genetics and environment in which you were raised and all of that, well, that can contribute to your copywriting abilities later, and not everybody is going to come to the table with that same level of, of talent and natural ability. Now, we all do have the opportunity to develop skill. And frankly i think in the long run developed skill is more important than natural talent developed skill is what happens through practice right i i try i don't do well but i learn from what i didn't do well and so i do a little bit better next time and then i try again you know and i don't do well and i learn a little bit from that and then i try again and i do better and I learn from that, and I try again, and I do better, and I learn from that, right? So there's this developed skill that comes through experience, right, of just doing it over and over again, and you don't get to A-list status just on sheer talent and natural ability alone. It's a mix of where you started and where you go from there, right? And that's a mix of talent and skill, and so you develop this skill, and You do that through experience, but even in the context of all of this, luck does play its part, right? Luck plays its part with who you come in contact with. Luck plays its part with whatever talent and natural ability you started with. Luck plays its part with just whatever opportunities happen to be uh, going on around you at the moment that you are pursuing, you know, copywriting as as a skill or an opportunity, right? Luck happens in a million other ways, right? And... Everything does have to line up for you to be the type of person who's like A-list, you know, best copywriter by recognition, not just by skill. Uh, And part of that is a cultivated reputation, right? A reputation that you intentionally cultivate where you are known as a top copywriter in whatever field you wish to be known as. And I'm saying all of this like, okay, so it's hard to do it. It's rare by definition. Um, Yes, there is upside to pursuing it. And you don't even necessarily need to become an A-list copywriter. Uh, You can do this instead and maybe even make more money. So Jay Abraham used to have this newsletter called your marketing genius at work. And the whole premise of this was uh, if you can test things and I'll give you lots of ideas to test if you could test things you can actually become a marketing genius because marketing genius is primarily measured by results and you don't have to like have genius level input to get genius level results or you don't have to be coming up with all these genius ideas if you're just willing to test things that you find. Right? And that was the whole premise of it. And Jay Abraham has helped his clients generate billions upon billions of dollars in revenue uh, through largely testing ideas that seem like they are going to improve the overall revenue picture of the client. And it doesn't rely on all those ideas being great. It just relies on testing enough ideas and finding the ones that do make a big difference. Right, And so it, it relies on this, this whole process of split testing. Now you can get very specific to like, uh, split testing a web page and that might be called conversion rate optimization, split testing a funnel and it might be called conversion rate optimization, but testing is bigger than that. Um, anytime you're saying, does one thing work better than the other, and you're actually running the math to actually say, okay, is this a reliable result that we can build off of, or is it just, you know, a fluke of the data right now? Then you're doing split testing, right? Um, and so split testing has been done offline, online has been done forever. It's not new to the internet. It's not new to CRO, right? Uh, it used to be called A/B testing, and it's still sometimes called A/B testing. In the context of the copywriting world, it's often called a beat the control project, where uh, the client has a control, and that language comes out of statistics. The control, very vari- or, or, or the control. Uh, test is is like the thing that we already know works at a certain level, right? And we're testing against it. We're trying something different and seeing if it works better than the control, in which case it's beating the control, or it works worse than the control, in which case it's losing to the control. All of it, all of this language is largely the same. We're just randomly showing person version A or version B, and there could also be CDE. Uh, There's lots of approaches that go beyond that, but Uh, We're saying, you know, does version A get the result that we want more than version B or does version B get the result that we want more than version A, right? And it's not just about copywriting. It's about making the process for your prospects, for your potential clients, for your leads who are coming in the door and making that conversion decision. It's about making it easier, making it smoother, making it more exciting, making it hold their attention better, taking away the confusion, doing all these little things that get people to engage with your marketing in a better way. And it's it goes beyond the message. Of course, a better message, a better presentation of your offer, better copywriting, better storytelling, better, all of that is going to help, right? But really, what it comes down to is does version A or version B work better? And If you can come up with a version B that works better than a version A, well, then you win. You win. And it doesn't matter if you're a great copywriter or not. All you need to do is have a bunch of ideas for what could actually increase the conversion rate of a particular piece of marketing. And oftentimes it's little hinges that swing big doors, uh, to borrow that terminology or that, that turn of phrase, that oftentimes, you know, a little change can have a much bigger, outsized, profound impact on the revenue generated, the conversion rates, the profitability of a piece of marketing um, than, you know, something much bigger. So the big thing might be completely rewriting the VSL script. The little thing might be some kind of tweak to the page design that uh, just makes it smoother for the the prospect. And so like Peter Zimmis, who is... Um, a business partner of one of my old mentees, he put together this program called 41 Visual Split Tests, and it's just focused on, yes, uh, I can improve copy, but I can also just recognize these 41 opportunities to change the visual elements of marketing and increase the conversion rate. And so I'll make sure to include a link. Uh, I'm actually running a little joint venture promotion with him uh, through tomorrow, as of when this is being released and I'll include a link to that in the description with this episode. Uh, so you know you don't have to become an A-list copywriter. If you can learn how to tweak and test marketing, and it can be through copy, it can be through lots of different elements, and see how you're actually able to just increase the conversion rates there, there can be a ton of opportunity for you. Now your call to action at the end of this episode, number one, don't forget to like and subscribe so you can get more content like this delivered to you. And number two, think, how can you use this? What do you need to be doing more in terms of testing just to increase your success in marketing? And three, check out that link to Peter Zimis's uh, 41 Visual Split Tests. If you'd like to see methods for increasing the profits from your marketing, from clients' marketing, without even necessarily having to change a word of copy. He's got a great story there, and I think you'll find um, the offer pretty compelling as well. I'm Roy Furr, this is Breakthrough Marketing Secrets, and I'll see you again in the next episode. See you soon.